welcome back to another episode of The Exercise Engineer. This week we're going to be talking about the importance of tracking. And I don't just mean in terms of fat loss, although I do tie it back into fat loss at the end of the pod, but or halfway through, but this is mainly about all aspects of life in terms of tracking because we track everything. Or especially if you set a goal, you need to sort of track in order to make sure you get to that goal. So examples, bank accounts, we track our money all the time. That's what all apps are for. We have PBs that we work towards. Those could be things like running PBs, distances, times, or laps, or literally anything. Your heart rate, we're tracking our heart rate all the time. We're now tracking glucose levels. We track KPIs at work to make sure you're in line with the company's policies, everything like that. Our to-do lists are even forms of tracking to make sure that we've done everything that we wanted to do because what gets measured gets managed or like people say what gets measured improves like you need to measure stuff in order for it to improve or the chances are like it will improve anyway if you didn't measure it however how do you know you're improving if you're not measuring it if that makes sense so examples kpis at work which are your key performance indicators, maybe your bonus is attached to them, maybe you've got to set certain goals to hit by the end of the year, you've got weekly targets, like a lot of workplaces do have these to make sure that their employees are on track. You're literally checking their trajectory, they're checking they're doing the right things. It's a, it's a very common saying that you're on track and that's with any form of goal, so any fat loss or all the other goals that we mentioned at the start, you need to check that you're on track. Um, And quite a lot, you can just like think of it as like a rivalry with yourself because if you set yourself like mini goals or like, and you're tracking something, then of course you're gonna have like mini competitions with yourself and actually that'll be more motivational for you to actually complete that task as well. So tracking is also a great motivation tool and we cover that a lot more detailed later on, but it is just all about that friendly competition with yourself, checking the trajectory, like checking you're on the right path. Like it's such a common saying that, yeah, it doesn't matter how far up the ladder you are if you're you're on the wrong wall. So checking trajectory of stuff en route is much better than getting there and realizing you're in completely the wrong place. So it's on the right track. And also with tracking, it's like a, like a form of, like a sense of control almost. So you can, you know that you're improving or you know you're getting to where you're, you want to go. And it's great to put those things in place that you can track things. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's more reassuring that you are heading in the right direction or you are on track, literally on track. So it's a great way to control things, especially if the goal is really important to you. And there's loads of different variables when it comes to what works and what doesn't. So tracking all these different changes and variables just to see what works for you. So there's so many diets out there, for example, like, and all of them work for different people. Like, Every diet in the world has worked for at least one person. It's just finding the right one that fits with your lifestyle and it's 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 all about the tracking. So if you didn't track those or you didn't have any 
indicators as to if it was working or not, then you wouldn't know if it's working. So having set variables that you can alter to track progress a bit better um, is really, really important. And it's so crucial when it comes to improving in not just not just fat loss or improving in the gym or any other performance goals, like just general reflection of life and seeing what works for you, what doesn't work, what would you avoid next time. And I talk about this a lot when it comes to our nighttime routines with always reflect on an evening, like what went well that day? What would you do again? What would you avoid next time? And also tracking is a great form of accountability because if you're on track for something, it keeps you accountable because it keeps that motivation going. And again, for any goal whatsoever, it doesn't have to be just towards fat loss and getting your steps in every day. It could be all your, like if you're on track to buy a house in a year's time, seeing that you are putting that money away and that it is accumulating to what you want it to be will keep you accountable to keep on putting it back in, if that makes sense. Another example, so you can use it for fat loss then, keeping you accountable with your steps. Like I say this a lot as well. I've I've got my 10,000 steps in every single day since July 2020. And it's that it's that tracking that I've done that every single day that's kept me accountable to keep going because it's it's too good of a I can't like I can't break that. Um so to turn the tracking convert into more of a fat loss specific tracking. So what can we track to help with our fat loss? You can literally track everything these days. Like I am not exaggerating. We track our calories, steps, macros, so your fats, carbs, and proteins, you track your sleep, your heart rate, glucose levels, stress levels, running times, running distances, PBs, lifts at the gym, like are you lifting maximum loads, are you improving with your kettlebells at home, our actual weight on the scales, measurements, measurements around our biceps, around our waist, around our thighs, literally everything we can track except the only thing that's, well, you can track your body fat. However, it's very hit and miss, especially the ones I used to have some scales that did it and I used to think it was really accurate. It turns out it's not. It, it, it depends on how much water you have drunk that day and it, it because it goes on your, um, something impedance and it's just, it's not, it's just not accurate. Unless you're going to get it officially done, um, I wouldn't recommend doing that. So that's probably the only thing I wouldn't recommend tracking. But again, BMI, a great general indicator. Yes, a lot of people would say, oh, but my BMI says I'm overweight because I've got loads of muscle. It's like, well, for the general population, your BMI is a very, very good tool to decide if you are slightly overweight or not. Like, it, it won't, it won't, unless you are a bodybuilder who has a ridiculous amount of muscle, it's, it's very accurate. Maybe not very, but you know what I'm saying. So... When it comes to tracking fat loss, let's start with the science of fat loss because we know, we've been through this before, so I'm gonna, just gonna skim over it, but we know that the calories in equals calories out. If those two things are equal, you will not gain or lose fat because you don't have any excess energy to store or you don't need to use up any energy in your body because you're under your energy like deficit or whatever. In order to lose fat, 
obviously we have to create an energy deficit, which is our calorie deficit, which means we need to expend more energy than we consume in that day. The way we track this is through our step count usually, our exercise and mainly our calories because we need to monitor and manage those calories in order to lose fat because there is you cannot spot reduce fat. It is literally an energy balance equation and tracking calories is just, it's one of the tools to use. I'm not saying tracking calories is for absolutely everyone, um, especially if you've had an issue with food control in the past. Going back to tracking calories is not for you. Um, and there are other, other tools and methods which we can talk about later in order to do that. However, for the majority of us, tracking our calories is a great tool to actually understand what we are putting in our bodies and what we are actually expending as well. So I've got a calorie calculator in the link in my bio or in the show notes of this that will let you know ish. It's an estimate. Remember, please remember it's an estimate. It's not bang on. It will estimate for you how many calories your body is burning in the day. And that is made up of your BMR, your which is your basal metabolic rate. That is literally what your body would burn if it was laying down all day, like literally in a coma. That's just its body functions, breathing, etc. Just being alive, that is how many calories your body would burn. Then you've got the thermic effect of feeding, which is the heat and digestion energy from eating pretty much. It's very, very minor. So don't get your herbs up and think, oh yeah, if I eat more, I'll burn more calories <laughs> through digestion. Yes, that thought did go through my head once and I thought, no, that doesn't work because you still end up having more calories overall. Then you have your EAT, which is your exercise activity thermogenesis. That is everything like planned workouts, running, lifting weights in the gym, any energy that you expend through a form of exercise, and then you have your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is all of our non-exercise movement, pretty much. So as I'm talking to you now, I am using my arms. I am fidgeting. Um, it's going for walks. Yes, some would argue that that's classed as exercise. However, walking from the car to the shop, or maybe you chose to walk to the shop instead of driving, I would class that as NEAT. So the great way of improving on your NEAT is just to move more, walk more. Cleaning is a great NEAT activity too. And it burns a lot more calories through because you could burn them throughout the day instead of just in that one hour slot where you're doing a workout. You've got a lot more scope of potential calorie burning opportunities throughout the whole day through your NEAT. So that is pretty much the basis of the fat loss. So whatever calories the calorie calculator gives you, that is your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure, which is all of those four things combined. So that takes into account your activity as well as your calories that your body would burn anyway. So in order to be in a calorie deficit, we need to be eating less calories than our TDEE, which is why we need to track in order to do that, or at least track right at the start. So I wouldn't recommend getting too obsessed with it. However, it's very 
it's a, it is a fantastic tool just to understand what you're putting in your body because I think a lot when I get a lot of clients right at the start of their fitness journey, a lot of them will not always admit, but will come to admit later on once they've got over the the embarrassment because it's not embarrassing at all because so many people think it as well, but they don't realize how many calories are in certain foods and alcohol, for example, like lots of calories in alcohol. We can cover that later too. However, who is calorie tracking or macro tracking for? And I think it can be for most people. The majority of the population would benefit from tracking their calories for just a few weeks, just so they understand what is actually going in their body. Usually, it's for like when women come to me saying, They've tried literally every diet under the sun and they don't understand why they haven't lost weight yet or blah, blah, blah. Loads of people experience that. That is absolutely normal. And more often than not, it's just understanding that most of the diets you go on will revolve around being in a calorie deficit. It's just been put in a fancy way. And I've covered that a lot in another episode, so I'm not going to go into any more detail on that. But calorie tracking is for you if you like to see the performance indicators, if you like to see and have that sort of control, that you know you're going in the right direction. You know you're doing what you need to do in order to get to your goal. And it's the best way to gather if you're actually heading in the right direction as well. Because the scales, while they are great, they are quite unreliable, especially if you're only weighing yourself maybe like once a week. Because you might be weighing yourself on a day where you haven't been to the toilet, maybe you ate quite salty foods the day before, or you drunk loads of water, maybe you had a few pints, and all of those things will fluctuate your weight so much. Maybe it's the time of the month. Like, there are loads and loads of reasons why just weighing yourself once a week isn't that beneficial, unless you are consistently doing it, and you watch the trend over two or three months or a year. If, however, you do want to use the scales, I would recommend weighing yourself every morning and taking an average. That is going to be the most accurate way of measuring your weight because it will take into those account, it will take into account those fluctuations, which are super important. Um, when it comes to your step count, as I was saying, with the, with your NEAT, loads of people, like a key performance indicator, I'm going to use KPI again, a good KPI for your step count is 10,000 10, steps. That just seems like the goal that everyone hits. And it's like, oh yeah, you've got to, you've got to get 10,000 steps. Got to, got to, got to. Do you know where that even came from? Like I had to do some research on this and it's hilarious. So the idea of walking 10,000 steps a day was invented as part of the marketing campaign for an early pedometer ahead of the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. And the Japanese character for the 10,000 looked like a person walking. So the device was called a manpo... I've totally butchered that. A Japanese word, which means 10,000, which literally means 10,000 step meter. That is literally where our 10,000 step goal has come from. However, it is a fantastic where it's it's again it's just another tool that we can use to make sure we're on track so 
it's just a good way to know what sort of activity level you're used to if you are moving your body enough for just general health or if you are trying to lose fat. It's a, a quite an easy one to track if you maybe you're sitting at maintenance or you, you, you've been trying to lose fat but you haven't lost any weight yet but you haven't put on any on either so you've probably been eating at about maintenance calories what you can do instead of reducing what you're eating is maybe just add on a couple of thousand steps a day and then monitor that for a few weeks and see if that changes anything because it I don't know about you I don't like reducing the amount of food that I get to eat because that feels more restricting to me than just moving an extra couple of thousand steps a day I would much rather fit in those extra steps, get some more fresh air instead of trying to reduce my food intake. And I know that a lot of people say they don't have time for stuff like that, but whatever you could, again, it's one of those things, what can you fit into your life? What, what works for you? That just works for me. So again, reflecting, journaling, all those things, what we measure, sleep, carbs, coffee, like measuring the amount of coffee and therefore measuring your sleep after coffee or alcohol my heart rate after alcohol of the next few days like literally it peaks it goes up by five or six for multiple days after i've had alcohol which is not good um i literally i cut out alcohol for three weeks i think and my heart rate went down to what's it did it hit 47, 46 or something? And usually it's mid 50s. So that is like such a big jump. When I was at uni, was it uni or pre-uni? Might have been pre-uni. I was down to 42. My heart rate was 42. I actually had to go to the doctor and be like, yo, am I dying? No. Um, but again, it will fluctuate, but it's just tracking those things and mainly tracking abnormalities and that's when you should probably go to a doctor um you can track your evening walks like cold showers how do you feel after all of these things and always really good to reflect on your mood as well and i know this is you you might be like louise what what tangent is this how is this anything to do with fat loss but all of those things will impact your fat loss so your sleep if you are tired, it is so much harder to stick to your calorie deficit because your body is craving energy. It's literally craving high sugary foods because it needs like a sugar kick it, because you're tired. It's also really difficult to make better decisions when you're tired. Again, with carbs, a lot of studies have shown that the more carbs you eat, the more you will crave carbs. And that is both sweets and starchy carbs as well and I know a lot of people including myself will feel quite sluggish as after starchy carbs or really really hyper after sweets like I I've started having some sweets at work and oh my god I am buzzing but not in a good way like quite an intense not not focused not not in a good way at all and I think it's good until it like and then it wears off and then it's like a rubbish so reflecting on those things like that is not going to help my fat loss it's not going to help my progress at work it's not going to help much at all realistically like not even like my teeth are gonna like no i need to get out of that habit right now but, like evening walks again cold showers your mood everything affects fat loss so whatever you can track 
it's going to be more beneficial for you. However, let's not get obsessed with tracking absolutely everything because it can take over our lives and you will find your whole thing is just tracking. Tracking, tracking, tracking. Oh my gosh, that's just reminded me. At work sometimes, we have that many trackers. I like, it is like, do we need a tracker for all of our trackers? Because there are so many trackers. How many times can I say the word tracker? Literally, there are trackers for everything. And I'm going to stop using the word tracker now because it's, it sounds weird. Another great way to track progress for fat loss is progress pictures. So much better for fat loss and bo especially body recomp where you are lifting heavy weights as well, trying to build muscle. Like you won't build muscle as fast as you will lose fat, but you will see the difference a lot more in progress pictures than on the scales, especially if you're eating at about maintenance or even a slight calorie surplus. Like you still probably would be losing a bit of fat while also building muscle. So it, progress pictures are a fantastic way of tracking calories. No, tracking your progress, tracking your fat loss. Um, I would also recommend when you do take them, tense your muscles as well. So one from the front with your arms up, one from the side with your arms up, and then one from the back with your arms up as well. Like in when I say with your arms up, I'm 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 doing the the bicep pose because being able to see those will also help you feel better and feel more motivated when you start to see results as well. So fantastic way of tracking. I would recommend at least once a month. You don't need to do it much more than that because realistically you're not going to see that much unless you are in a severe calorie deficit and you have a lot to lose. It's it's going to be really difficult to see any any progress in a week or two. Like it will it is a monthly thing I would definitely suggest. Okay, when it comes to tracking calories then, uh, I a lot of people will will say I don't have time for that. Like it is very time consuming, especially right at the start when you're trying to get used to the app, you're trying to understand what are you supposed to wear it when it's raw or when it's cooked and it, there's loads of there's so many options, especially in my fitness pal now, there are so many options to choose from. It can be quite overwhelming right at the start. However, it will say it will save you will you will end up saving time eventually and saving calories. So I always bulk cook, I always meal prep for this exact reason that tracking does take a lot of time. So all I have to do now though is literally I track one meal a week, really. I that's I use my fitness pal for one meal a week now, which seems ridiculous. It's like, how are you doing that, Louise? But my breakfast I've had for the past four years, I love it. It's my overnight oats. I've preached about it before and I'll preach about it again. I know exactly how many calories are in that. I know it fuels me well. It's got enough protein in it, carbs, fats from the yogurt like and the seeds. It's It's a really, really good breakfast. And I don't have to track it anymore because I've had I've had it that many times. I don't even I don't even weigh it out anymore because I know that there's I'm not in I'm not I'm never in a strict tracking phase anywhere really. So as long as I've got it within 50 to 100 calories, I really don't mind. So I just pour my oats and yogurt in now 
like I know ish how how much I need to fill the container to. So I don't even bother tracking that now. It's literally I track one meal a week, which is my meal prep. I make four portions of it in the pan and literally divide it by four, put all the ingredients in my fitness pal, divide the total calories and macros by four, and that is it for the week. I pop that in, I just know off the back. And then for my dinner, usually it's about the same. So because I have some form of like lean protein with vegetables and then yogurt and berries for pudding or something like that. So I know that I'm definitely within my calories, give or take a couple of hundred because I don't mind sitting at maintenance. I don't mind if it goes slightly over a few days and slightly under. It's it's very average and it's an estimate anyway. Um, but once you get your head around, like I could probably look at a plate of food now and estimate how many calories are in that, which might sound really obsessive, but I have like I can save so much time now. But the amount of effort I have put in trying to learn, I didn't try and learn it. It was just it's just from false of habit and tracking my calories previously. So it's just been exposed to it, I suppose. Um, but also with meal prepping and bulk cooking, you will save calories as well. And when I when I say save calories, I don't mean like you don't you can't bank them or anything. You can't get them back but you can literally put in every single ingredient into my fitness pal or something and there are no hidden calories is what I'm getting at so often when you eat out they'll use a lot of oil to make it tastier all the things to make the food really really tasty is often high in fat because it makes it extra tasty so there are potentially hidden calories in there that you might not account for if you eat out a lot. So when you meal prep, you know exactly what's going in that meal. And yes, that might sound obsessive, but it goes back to the start of the tracking that you're in control. You know you're on the right path. If you know what you're putting in your body, you know that you're on the right trajectory to getting the results and you've just got to stick at it then. It's, it is simple. It's just difficult and it's tedious at the start. Um, and then a lot of people ask me, with my meal preps, like, don't you get bored eating the same meal all week? And actually, I really don't. Like, sometimes if the meal isn't as good as I'm used to and I get it gets to Thursday and I'm thinking, oh, I don't really want to eat that again. But I'll eat it. I never really get bored, though, um, because I know that the next week I'm going to meal prep something completely different. So it doesn't bother me at all, especially with my overnight oats. That doesn't bother me. I love it. It's delicious. If I wanted to mix it up, I just put a different flavour yoghurt in or I use different fruit or different seeds. Like there are different ways to mix it up and keep it all within similar calories and macros. So it's absolutely fine. Um, and then also with my meal prepping, like I don't get bored at all. Um, I've been buying, all, I get um, purity seasonings absolutely insane it's so easy to use I've got so many on so many recipes using their seasonings on my Instagram page or in my membership or if you've signed up for my email newsletter most of my recipes that like I, I send out a free weekly recipe which is my meal prep recipe for the week that's literally what I'm eating that exact week um, most of those are made using the purity seasonings 
and they are just so tasty. I literally just whack it in the pan with all my ingredients in there and then portion it out into four, done. It is that easy. So if you, I'll put a link in the show notes, Purity, I think they're called Purity at Home or Purity Seasonings. And I, like, I was using them before they gave me a discount code. That's how good they are. But you can use code LOU20, L-O-U-2-0 for discount and enjoy that because it's so good. Or is it LOU10? Try them both. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is, but you might as well. I was using them before they gave me that code. So it's it's so good. They are really, really tasty. But when it does come to tracking calories, I know it's very time consuming and I know it does get tedious and it can become slightly obsessive. But what I would recommend that you do, that you do do, is you try it for three or four weeks. You understand what you're putting in your body on a daily basis, understand which meals that you cook, maybe like choose a few of your favorite meals, make them extra protein based or just make sure you understand the majority of the meals that you're eating, what sort of calories you're working with. Just a ballpark, just so you know, because a lot of foods that we eat, we think, oh yeah, that's really healthy. But once you actually look at the calories for them, they're actually quite high con- high fat content and they might they might tip you over your calories and you, you thought you were eating healthy. Like a lot of people will eat out at restaurants and order the salad. And I feel like I love eating salad, absolutely love it. Um, but for people who don't really like the salad and they would have preferred to eat the grilled chicken burger, I feel really sorry for them because chances are that salad has the same amount, if not more calories than the grilled chicken burger would have done. Maybe not if you got the chips as well, but the salad will probably, if you're eating out, it will be extra delicious and it will have extra dressing on, which is very oily. It'll have croutons, olives, seeds, all the nuts, like all all the things that make a salad delicious, it will have them all on there. So just double check calories in terms of salads because most of the time you can order what you want instead and have the same amount of calories, if not less. I would recommend trying it for three three or four weeks. Just try tracking your calories for three or four weeks. Check that what you're actually eating is what you think you're eating. When I have new clients join, um, I go and I sit in their goal mapping session, which is like a session that we'll sit in right at the start together just to literally go through what what their goals are, what they currently do, what we can add to their life to make it better. I literally map out exactly what they're going to do on a daily and weekly and monthly basis. And more often than not, they think they're eating minimal amounts. The minute they start actually tracking calories, it's like, oh yeah, actually I was, I was eating a lot more than I thought. But it is, again, it's, it comes down to tracking. What gets measured gets managed or what gets measured improves. Like it's so beneficial and so crucial that you understand what is going in your body as well. So just trying to understand what you're actually putting in your body is what I'm getting at here. If you cannot stand the thought of tracking calories, at least track your protein. So at least be aiming for, and well, I was just gonna pluck a number. If you are, for example, 
a 60 kg woman, five, five foot five, who gets 10,000 steps in a day and does three to four workouts a week. Off the back of that, you should be having at least 120 grams of protein just to make sure you are refueling the muscles, repairing the muscles, and also to help feel fuller for longer because the more protein you eat, the more satiated you'll feel because it goes deeper into your tract. So you, you, the hunger hormones don't get released for as long after or after a longer period is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, if you can't stand the thought of that, then you can try the three plus one method, which is three solid meals a day plus one snack. And that will help to cut out the mindless snacking that might be occurring that you don't realize. Um, you might be like, yeah, I don't snack at all. But once you actually start to notice it, you'll snack more than you think. Like, especially while I'm making my dinner, I will just eat random bits of it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I know that's probably going to go in eventually, but it's the mindlessness of it. It's the eating the calories without even processing the fact that you've eaten them or feeling, you won't feel any fullness from those calories because you're barely even noticing that you're eating them. And I, I do think that's quite interesting to watch and listen to actually. And no, just noticing it about yourself can also be really, really interesting. Um, so the three plus one method is a really good example. A few of my clients do really resonate with that over the tracking. Um, but most of my clients do enjoy the tracking and that's just the best way they can do it. Um, because it does help with the accountability as well because you can get like account. Well, I give my members accountability trackers um, or my one-to-one -one clients have like a Google Drive with literally an accountability tracker built in that I can see as they're editing it. So that will have their calories, their protein, their steps and their workout in. So I can see all of those things and that helps keep them accountable. So yes, they're tracking, but also I'm tracking them tracking. And the people that do best with my coaching and my membership are the people that commit to the tracking the most. And I can tell the people who aren't lying as well. They're the people that do the best, the people who don't lie and pretend that it's all going better than it is. Why, why pay for a coach if you're going to lie to them? Because they can't help you if you're going to lie. I don't understand that. It's, it's, it blows my mind to think when people are like, oh yeah, I did it all. And it's like, no, you didn't. And I'm not calling people out at all. I just think it's absolutely hilarious that I, like, I can't help you if you don't tell me the truth, pretty much. Um, another few tips if you are eating out a lot, especially when it comes to tracking, with a lot of places now, they have the menu, they have the calories on the menu, which can be very, very beneficial. Um, but it's not impossible if they don't have the calories on. Um, I would always choose a meal that you can sort of work it out or so like steak with chips and broccoli. Like, yes, you can work that out, but you need to always round up because chances are they've doused that broccoli in oil. So it won't just be 40 calories that it would be at home. It will likely be in the hundreds, unfortunately, but you're still getting the nutrients from them. So I'm not putting you off eating them at all. Um, but yeah, choose things that you can sort of break apart on the plate and guess or 
cheap, maybe like a pizza, I don't know, you can sort of estimate, or there's loads of options in MyFitnessPal, and always just choose a higher calorie option, as in like in the actual app, if you're choosing, oh, I had a chicken pizza, but one of one of them says 1,200 calories and one of them claims to only be 800 calories, always assume it's the higher one, because then you're definitely in either maintenance or your deficit. You're, there's no point assuming, there's no point trying to find the lowest one because then there's no point tracking. <laughs> because chances are it's not going to be that low. Um, so always overestimate. That is one of my top tips for eating out or tracking if someone else has cooked. Um, and always include your alcohol calories as well. There are so many calories in alcohol that we don't account for. And I say we because I sometimes ignore them as well. But that's that's not because I don't know there's many calories in them. I choose not to sometimes, and that's okay too. But again, that's just tracking what I know I have space for, or maybe I do just want to rest, or because, I've, because I'm not in any form of fat loss phase at the moment, so I can have a little bit more calories if I want to all absolutely fine. Um, and then my final tip for eating out is the two out of four method. I've covered it in one of the other podcasts as well, but it resonated so much with a lot of people. I got a lot of good feedback from it. So just wanted to mention it again for anyone who hasn't heard of it, the two out of four method. So you have your starter, your main, your dessert and alcohol. So if you eat out a lot, this is a great way to control your calories without feeling like you're just choosing the lowest calorie things on the menu. So just choose two of those four things, but actually order what you want. So if you want the steak, you get the steak. If you want the burger, get the burger. But if you get the burger that you wanted and you want a glass of wine with your burger, you can't have the starter or the dessert. Or maybe you're like, "Mm, don't really fancy a drink tonight, but I'm eyeing up those onion rings or calamari on the starters. Crack on choose your starter and your main. It's all about balance and working out what you can afford and what you can't. Exactly the same as money. It is exactly the same as money. Like you wouldn't walk into a shop and not and pick something up and buy it without knowing how many how much it's going to cost you because you might not have enough money for that in the bank. Literally like your calorie bank. If you don't want to go into your overdraft and try and pay it back over the next few days, don't eat something you can't afford to pay back. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I know that might sound really bizarre and that might sound really controlling as well, but again, exactly the same as money. You wouldn't, like I know people do and you do go into your overdraft, but it's more painful. It's It's a hard way of doing it. If you buy something that takes you into your overdraft, it's just more painful to try and pay it off after. Instead, why why just go for the cheaper option, maybe? It might not be as good or it might not be as tasty, but you're still in line with your goals. You've not gone into your overdraft and it's still a delicious meal because you ate out. I think I went and did that to absolute death. But yeah, again, with accountability tracking, it's I always find that it's the action that creates the motivation Like when you get proper stuck into stuff, like when I'm doing this podcast, I go off on one because I am so invested. I am so motivated to cover 
so much good content and it just makes me want to make the episode longer. But do you realise how long it takes me to set this up? Like, I mull over what I'm going to say a good couple of hours before I actually press play. And it's it seems ridiculous because then once, I, once I'm going, once I've actioned it, once I'm like, yeah, let's go, I can't stop talking. And it's like, God, Louise, shut up, man. And it, <laughs> it seems ridiculous, but action creates motivation to keep going, which will generate more action. So it's, it's this really good cycle of action and motivation because then you get the action. And you, if you keep pushing through the action when you're not motivated, it will generate more motivation, which generates more action. And it really, really does keep that momentum going and it does create momentum. So just keep smashing it. And it's the tracking behind the accountability that will keep you going. And I think when it comes to accountability trackers and things like that, like physically ticking stuff off is weirdly satisfying because you like, you get like a weird like mini celebration, like, oh yeah, I did it again. Yeah. Oh, smashing it. Yes. Love it. And you can, you do get a good vibe of it. It's a really good feeling and it can be like a boost of endorphins. So it's just a little reminder to celebrate your little wins because that will make such a difference. And that is the beauty of tracking really, because you can track and celebrate on all your little mini milestones and that will create more motivation to then keep going. There are literally like, so like, I think especially when you're tracking and you do really hard things, yes, it's hard, but it's again, proving to yourself that you can do it for a start. But then when you do hard things, you are getting the reps in. You are telling yourself that you do hard things like waking up early, like having a cold shower in the morning, like doing your daily pull-ups, like all those things are so hard. Like I, I really struggle with those most mornings, but I tell myself, no, these are hard things. And the more consistently I do hard things, the more I am building that muscle and that belief that I can do hard things. So then when more hard things come my way, I am ready. I am like, hell yeah, come at me. I am ready because I am living proof every single day that I can do hard things. So again, get the reps in. Prove to yourself that you can do hard things. Track it, monitor it, improve on it next time. And there are so many like apps out there that can help you with tracking. Like to-do lists are a form of tracking. Like you get apps these days for like number of days sober or like when to water your plants or like obviously like normal tracking ones like maybe running or Strava or like where you can track uh, your gym weights in the in the gym or like any like there's literally tracking apps for everything. So there are no excuses when it comes to tracking. And more recently, I have got a Whoop band, which tracks literally everything for you, apart from steps, which is very strange to not be tracking steps, which I have done for years now. Um, but the Whoop band, if you've not heard of it, that tracks your stress and your strain. And most importantly for me, my recovery. So I've had issues for years and years, maybe not issues, but I've struggled to get my sleep in for years and years because I apparently don't need it. 
and that's what I tell myself and it's like, no Louise, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then I think, how productive could I be if I did have the right amount of sleep? So I've recently got a Whoop band and I will keep you up to date with the progress of it because I am still very new to it and I don't want to sell something yet that I need to work out if I do want, if I do enjoy it. But if you do want to test it out with me, you can get a free band and discount using my link in the show notes. Um, so yeah, join me on this journey. It's literally, it's free. So what's to lose? What is to lose for that first month? You may as well try it as well. Uh, but no, I will keep you updated and I will do a full episode on it, I think, um, just so I can fully go into detail once I've got my head around all the benefits and what, if and when I start seeing benefits of it as well. Um, but yeah, that is me for tracking, I think. Wow, I think tracking is a game changer. It can become obsessive, so be careful with it. But if you do want to get started and you do want to use my calorie calculator, the link is in the show notes or in my bio, in my Instagram. And that is how many calories you will need to consume to maintain your weight if you want to create a calorie deficit, minus 200 to 500 from that. Um, and just consistently aim for that goal every single day. If you do need some accountability, you know where I am. But that is it for today, guys. If you enjoyed that episode, if you think anyone will benefit from learning, uh, learning? If anyone will benefit and learn from this episode as well, please send it their way. And it really, really helps if you like and subscribe or rate it as well. And give me feedback, guys. If I am rambling on too long, please tell me. But always give me five stars, please. Love you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Mwah. Thank you. Bye.